This is a previously recorded episode. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my danger. time welcome to the nooner show with jay dubs and denise brennan nelson we are broadcasting live from detroit sound studios high above activate gaming in ferndale michigan you can find us at detroitpodcast.com it's nooner time somebody bring me a mirror Happy hump day. Woo-woo, and a snowy one it is. Oh, I know. Okay, so we have a special guest that we're going to introduce in a little bit, but do you know why I made you call her today and I wasn't going to call her? (laughs) I just got to tell you before we get into uh, all the other stuff. Why did you make me call her? Because she had a post on her Facebook about Michigan drivers a while ago, and I swear to God, she was talking about me. I am not going to call her today and, and ask and try her and try and weasel out of driving because I'm the type of person. I seriously, I do. I drive with my um, hazard lights on in this type of weather, <laughs> and John hates it. He gets so mad at me. He thinks someone. He's like, "Are you, you seriously do that?" And I said, "You know what? I'm going to alert everybody that I can't drive in this. It's, I, it's I not a bad be idea to yeah. be to be have those lights flashing so that people like. <laughs> do you ever do that?" that? Oh, put my flashers on. You know what? A lot of people do, though. I'm not the only one. Yeah, old grannies. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? (laughs) And trucks that are trying to merge and have to build up some speed. But But it was funny when you were saying, well, do you have Karen's number? I was like, oh, no. I'm not calling her. Uh-uh. Well, she made you know it what? real clear what she thinks about Michigan and and I, <laughs> people you know what? driving like I do. I, now that I have my you know four wheel vehicle, yeah, I wasn't as you. nervous about. However, it's not me; it's everybody else out there, right. That breaks and doing the brake thing, and you're freaking out because you right. know. Plus, it's a lot worse back where I'm living. Oh, than I it know. Is down here, right? No, actually, it's not that bad down here. No, I'm hoping yeah. for a snow day tomorrow. Though I'm hoping the kids. Get a snow day, don't you? Now, now, no. what kids are you talking about? Because your kids are not at home. So, all kids. <laughs> is I'm it just all... an excuse for you to shut down? <laughs> like, if the schools are closed, that means you don't have to do anything. <laughs> no, I just think it's such a glorious thing to like wake yeah. up in the morning, and I, I still feel that excitement that kids get when they have this whole day that they didn't. Have I agree. Planned. I, I do too. I'm the same way. I Except would... anymore, I don't think it's so much fun. Back in the day, when of course my mom was a stay at home mom. It didn't matter. But now parents are kind of screwed. They have to call in yeah. sick or whatever, call in a snow day. Yeah, that's true. But no. But it's still, there is something about knowing that the kids don't have to be out at school and they yes, can stay home. It's fun. I agree. It's don't you? Fun, I'm, yeah. Right, Karen? You still have a kid in school. 
Yeah, and that's a hindrance. Not only is it a hindrance to me as a parent with the child home, I, I would love to be home with him all day, every day. But in the corporate world, on the day job, if you don't show up, it's a, it's an occurrence against you on your job. So it's a violation, and you're in oh. trouble. Uh, and well, I it, feel like you just popped my bubble. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> so snow days don't work for everybody. <laughs> no, not always. Oh, now I'm not going to have that. Same hey, listen, excitement. don't feel bad. Denise has snow days in the summer too. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! No, I'm a firm believer that we need days. I feel great days. Mental, not, not mental health, health days. Yeah, not sick day, but not. You don't great. have to plan it. You just call, get up in the morning. You're like, wow, I really don't want to go to work today. So you call your boss and instead of saying, I feel yeah. sick, you say, I feel great. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, there are a few companies out there. Well, there needs to be more. Yeah. There's actually one in Brazil that we, I, I think I told you about him, his whole philosophy on um, work and doesn't believe. And he's a very successful person, huge company, which we do need to talk about him at a later time because it's fascinating just his whole approach on he doesn't believe in rules. He doesn't believe that people should punch a time clock, just everything. I think there are more and more companies that are understanding that if you take care of your employees, they'll take you care of you. Give them that wiggle room to yes. take care of themselves, yep. then they will be more productive. Well, it is simple. Take care of your people, and your people will take care of you. Right. But a lot of people don't get that. Well, they still want to control and exactly. make rules. And if you yeah. step out of line, you yeah. know. Then they can give you an occurrence, right? Whatever the hell that is. They want they want, <laughs> they want what's con, what's conducive to the needs of the business, and uh, I'm fortunate that I'm in a business that does allow us a little bit of flexibility. But I work for a great company, so they, aside from that little quirky thing, yeah, we have a lot of other benefits that allows you enough That's time. Good. They kind of make up for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's not many companies that are taking days off to go to a baseball game or. You know, packing up all of the employees and going out for a huge picnic in the park. Right. You know, with right team bonding. Yeah, and and yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's it's good. So I never worked at a company like that before. And you know, in fifteen years of employment on the job, I do the job because I love the job. Yeah. But every company has policies. Otherwise, you'd have the mayhem of America running in and out of your doors every day. And would things really get done without the guidelines? Well, I think there's a well, lot of companies out there that are actually kind of scratching it, new surfaces and yeah. proving that not having your thumb on everything your employees. But, you know, I mean, there's it, like a, anything, there's change, pros and cons. It's a change in thinking. It really is. Right. So, yeah. but anyway. And some people do work better knowing exactly what the rules are. Right. And right. I think there are, I actually read an article about. Um, people that didn't like working for this company because there weren't enough rules. So I get exactly what you're saying and it's finding that balance and it's, yeah, having great team bonding with your employees, but, you know, it's making sure there's still plenty of time with the family. Because if you go to work feeling guilty or you go to work not being able to take care of your needs as a mom or, you know, an individual, then it doesn't matter how many baseball games you go to with your, you know. It'll it'll trickle down. I've always been the employee that will say, verbally and vocally to my boss, if you don't like it, fire me because I'm going to go spend that time with my child, whether or not you write me up for it. I'm going to do it. And if it's insubordinate, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. Send me out the door. I can see you saying that. Oh, (laughs) I can so see you saying that. Wait till we introduce her. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on a little, on a lighter note. Yeah. Did you hear the story about the guy who lost his wallet? No. Okay. Did you hear about it, Karen? No. Jessica? Did you hear the the story? No, she didn't. <laughs> the answer's no. 
<laughs> no. Okay, real quick. So this guy was at a concert. He lost his wallet. He got home. He freaked out, you know, like you would if you lost your wallet. Right. He canceled his credit cards. He um, got a new driver's license. And about two weeks later, he received a letter in the mail. I, I just hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, and this is what the letter said. It was handwritten. It had a Snoopy stamp on it. And it said, oh. I found your wallet and your driver's license had your address. So here's your credit cards and other important stuff. I kept the cash because I needed weed. The Metro, <laughs> seriously, the Metro card because, well, the fare's $2.75 now. And the wallet because it's kind of cool. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. Are you what? serious? And it was it was handwritten. You have to see it because it looks like it was a kid that that wrote it. It probably it was. was. Wow. Like, probably uh, sixteen. Years. I'm not sure how to take that. Well, apparently the the guy that lost the wallet posted on his Facebook page. He took a picture of it and he said, "Thanks." I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, how do you respond to that? Well, and people are talking about it because it's like. So I heard somebody say, "Well, I kind of admire that," and he signed it anonymous. The anonymous's courage yeah. to send it back. Um, the guy didn't need his driver's license or his credit cards anymore because he had already canceled and, and yeah. you know, but I just, isn't that funny? And it was yeah, a really expensive, funny. cool wallet. Oh, it was. So he kept the wallet. He kept the cash. Wow. <laughs> for weed. That, that is too guess funny. on the upside, at least he sent it back. Right. So well, the, the time he took to write the letter. Right. And yeah. and he sent the credit cards back. I mean, he, he, sent he the did credit steal cards his money. The, right? Right? Yeah, he took them. I don't no, know. So he, they didn't that. say how much money it was. But the and the and he had a metro card, so he was going to use that because That's it's really so stupid though. Because at the end of the day, if the man really wanted to further that investigation, the right. metro card's going to get the dude caught. Oh right. yeah, right. Because that metro card is more than likely linked through the debit card. True, right? Yeah. Well, so would you do that? Would you try and find out who did it? Would you? It'd be uh, interesting because this just was on the news yesterday. It'd be interesting to follow up and see if. You know, after somebody does something like that to you, at first you're like, okay, whatever. But then the more you think about it, you get a little irritated and you're like, you know, and probably somebody has brought that up. So we should probably, we should probably, uh, you know, check into it and see if the guy decides to do something about it. I don't know. Yeah. I'd want to know if it was a kid or an adult. It looks, the the handwriting, either the guy was really stoned (laughs) (laughs) because his handwriting looks like maybe a... I'd say like a seven-year-old. Well, it's not a seven-year-old. No. He's buying weed if he needs well, weed. Well, you never know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was, in, this was in Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> Probably a teenager. Oh, yeah, anyway, I just thought that was really cute. At so. least he was honest. It was fantastic. And he did not deny his habit or his addiction. Right. Yes. right. So I don't know. It's kind of confusing. I feel like that would be a bittersweet thing right. because at least, you know, the kid's not trying to rob his home at this point. He sent back the ID with the address. Right. He, was, he had some – he was maybe too honest for his own good. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I like don't know. he had to, you know, kind of take care of his conscience and right. do something right, right in all of that. Yeah. Yo, man, found your wallet. Take, right. <laughs> taking, taking the money for the drugs. You can yeah. have your junk back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, want to inconvenience so you too much. In dude. his way, he probably thought he was being honest. Right. Well, you know, right. Can, can you imagine now that this has been all over the news? And yeah, he CNN, better hope that CNN it never comes it. out. CNN. Oh God. Yeah. He better hope that. It, well, I could just see him trying to get you know some celebrity attention. Yeah, that was me. I did it. <laughs> right. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Pawning the wallet now yeah, for his, decent amount of cash. But anyway, anyway. So so yeah. So you were. This past week. Well, I'm so sorry. I know I missed an amazing um, 
uh, show. You don't have to apologize. Thursday, I know. Because you were. I was getting a dress fitted. I know. With my with beautiful daughter. CEO bride. Yep. And for she, the royal wedding. Yep. She got her wedding dress and she's getting it, you know, all oh my nipped gosh. and tucked in the right places and hemmed so that she doesn't trip over it. And what? It's beautiful. Okay. So let me just ask you because I'm, I'm sort of living vicariously through you, but not that if my kids are listening, you, I don't come home and tell me you get married. <laughs> but not right don't now. Don't come home and tell you're pregnant either. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Yeah, be careful on the roads, but don't tell me any of that stuff right now. Um, but uh, so, what was it like when she first put on the dress? And well, the very first time we had been shopping all day long, and it was the last store we went to. And you set up appointments. Yeah, you don't just walk into these stores. I mean, oh, okay, is that yeah. how it works? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Yes. So wow. you set up appointments. You set up appointments. Yeah, you need they, a room. There's the, yeah. the dresses are large. You need time. All, all of your girls are there. Your yeah. mom is there. It's, well, we wow. didn't take all the girls. She only wanted, and, and it was um, AJ's mom and myself. But okay. yeah, they do. They have rooms. They have you know each person is assigned a stylist or whatever a fashion person. Oh wow! And they go and get the dress for you and help you with it and all of that. So it was the last store that we went to, and you know she'd been trying a lot of dresses and she had narrowed it down. But the woman that finally got it right, she asked Rebecca a couple of questions. What have you liked? What haven't you? And she nailed it. She went really? and got the dress and back and put it on. It was like, that's it. So Rebe- so you don't go when you don't look through racks? You can. Oh, you, you can. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you have okay. an appointment for your for, for your fitting and you go, you go over styles and you go over the feel and the vibe of your wedding and your coordinator will get a, wow, a feel for your really? personality. That your your dress has to be so perfect. Like TV. Well, I don't know. It's been so long. So I I I know. Gosh. Is it, well, and I went. It was just me and my mom. I'll never forget. And I didn't try on that many wedding dresses. No, I didn't either. Your I saw your wedding. I dress. had it custom made. Actually, gorgeous. Thank you. Really? Oh, yeah. That was, picture of you and John is oh, absolutely. Thanks. Do you like the eighties hair though? Honest to God, you guys, I did not look it's at it and think eighties. I looked at it and serious? thought that is unbelievable. Really. I didn't like it. Didn't look like an old wow. Considering you've been married thirty years, it didn't look like thirty years ago. Wow, really? Oh. That's good because it wasn't really my picture that I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could tell it was you and John. <laughs> I'm like and you kidding. just look so in love. Ah, uh, shucks. I know, but it's um, weird to think back that many years I ago. Know. Okay, but so what was it like when she tried on the dress and that was the dress? Like, I mean, did you start crying or what? I mean, I, I got just, emotional, but yeah. I'll be honest with you, I. Had had something to eat that day that caused my stomach um, some distress. <laughs> and Becca, if oh. Becca's listening, she's laughing her you know what off uh-huh. right now because I was having a hard time not oh. running to the bathroom. Okay. I'll be totally honest. And yeah. TMI, sorry, listeners. However, yeah. that's the truth. And mm-hmm. so to go back the second time for the fitting, I was so excited <laughs> because yeah. my stomach wasn't upset and I could yeah. really <laughs> enjoy her trying the dress wow. on. But she had her mother-in-law to be there, so she was and did, on. did you and uh, AJ's mom love the dress as much as Rebecca? Like, did you know when she walked out that was it? We knew by the look on her face. Really? She was glo- – she knew it. It, oh, it, it God, sounds dorky look. and all that. And, and there might be 20 more dresses out there that she would have tried on. But, you know, some of it, obviously, it's your body type. It's like Karen said, it's the wedding itself. Yeah, She's getting married, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, it's got a certain vibe and all of that. Right, so, right. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So while I, we were- I can't wait. We were doing that. Tell everybody what you were doing. So I went to uh, Melanie Williams' 
put on um, an event at uh, the Pink Pump in Bloomfield Hills, and um, fashion designer Lori Underwood from New York Project Runway yep. was there, and she launched her new collection, and it was called the Glam Collection, which made me think of you, <laughs> uh, because you're glamorous, <laughs> even in your jeans. Right, thank you. All um, grubbed out today. No, but seriously, it was First of all, the place was packed. The store was awesome. And um, actually, Kelly Kirkland is the owner, and she's going to be on our show in May. Cool. Um, And there was just a great energy, um, photographers from all over the place. It was really a cool event. And um, Lori did uh, a presentation to everybody, and she talked about how, because people were asking her, how did you get on Project Runway? And she said that she did a vision board, and she put on her vision board that by the time she was 30, she wanted to be in New York. So when she turned 30, she ended up on Project Runway in New York, and that launched her career, and she's in Chicago now. Wow. And she's going to be on her show, too. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. So I we're going to do vision boards. I know we keep talking about it. Uh, wait, before you go to vision boards, I I'm, to what did you, you buy where you were at this store? What did I miss out on? Well, the only thing I could afford was a T-shirt, so you, you could probably afford more <laughs> so, than I did. So they sell – it's called Pink Pump. Yeah, it's called Pink Pump, but and they it's, sell, it's like a little boutique. It's oh, sort wonderful. of like a little Kardashian-type oh. store, you know? So they've got, I mean, dresses Clothes, and jewelry, shoe, oh, okay. everything. Handbags. Purses, yes. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, so she attributed her success – To a vision board. Wow. And she went on and on about it, so I thought, you know what? We have to do vision boards. We seriously do. So well, we did those ones, but we you know did. the thing is, is you have to see it. Oh, so I, I made love. this poster. It's upside it's down. Upside down. <gasps> I can't see. But listen, I have one for you and one for me, and I thought we could do the vision boards on the back. Love it. And then I bought this pack of uh, this love picture, it. this little um, like to remind us to stay creative. I, didn't I know love if you it. It's a little it paint your, palette um, with paint brushes. I love yeah. it. So, do you guys do vision boards? Anyone? Love it. Um, I'm actually going to start using Natalia's website, visb.com, because she has the vision boards website there. She does? Yeah. Oh, so, I told Chris, like, he and I are going to start vision boards on there because it's online and it's less clutter. We have a little house and a ton of stuff. You do it online? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? So, and I, I don't know how the website necessarily enhances your vision board, if it, like, reminds you of things like, hey, there's this coming up or what. But I know I know it's sort of interactive. Oh, cool. So I figured I'd use that. Hmm. That sounds awesome. What on earth is a vision board? Oh. So you have your goals, yeah, right? Whatever they are. So, okay, say you have, like, a year goal or a month goal or there's just you want to go on a trip or you want to get here at work or you want to – switch this at work or whatever you it's it's like a thing to remind you of your goals so you'll put up pictures of it and well you just yeah you get i'm sorry to no 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 well, my kids sorry. just did them all and but you get like poster board of whatever color you like like i'm going with black my personal one because it's power but red is also fame and fortune with um you know eastern philosophy if you want to use that but and then you cut out pictures that represent all different parts of your life that you want to change, whether it's fitness, health, spirituality, um, relationships, business, uh, financial, and homes, cars. And you you just you think big, and you just plaster it from magazines. Like it's just a collage that you make that represent all those things that you really want to achieve, and you put it in a place where. You see it all the time. Like my daughter, Olivia, up at Central has hers in her bathroom. So every time she goes in her bathroom, she sees what all her goals are. You know, There's been, There have been a lot of studies done that um, what, what happens in your brain when you are, like, let's say, lifting weights, 
is the same thing that happens in your brain when you visualize lifting weights. It's it's an interesting concept, but the point is that if you can envision what you want. So first you kind of take an assessment of what do I really, how do I see my life? How do I want my life to be in all the areas that Jackie just commented on? And then you, you know, it's not magical. It's not, some people think, I, I think they think that it's, um, you know, kind of voodoo-ish or, or well, that type of thing, but it's yeah. not. It's, it's, it's putting the things um, before you and, and the idea is to look at it often, at least every day, once a day, if not more. Some people put it on their laptop, so it's their screen, you know, as soon as it, it, it comes up. And it just is reminding you, um, some people, like you said, put vacation places they want to go. Some people put visions of how they want to look physically. Um, and it can be anything. You can flip through magazines. You can get words that really inspire you. So it's just a board of what you envision your life being. Hmm. And, and you think big. Like you don't, you don't think – because we tend to, um, you know, not go grand with things because we always think, you know, oh, that's impossible to achieve. But you don't. You think that everything is possible when you do the board. And subconsciously, it sort of moves you in that direction. Well, yeah, it helps you. They're supposed to be to sort of help you stay on track, like, towards your goals. Like, you're visually looking at them like, mm, oh, yeah, I, I do want, you know, this house. I want to work toward that. Or I do want, you know, to be in this shape. So, you know, I should probably go to the gym or whatever. I, right. <laughs> I guess I guess I do a form of that, but my life is so different that I use a completely flip side view of your board. Oh, what do you let's do? We're gonna, well, we're gonna. Oh. let's get to her right now, then. All right, uh, ring the bell. But I'm, I'm I I brought the bell. Do you oh. know that I bring the oh. bell everywhere I go? Oh, and Jackie brought a bell. I, th- this bell? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love your bell. Beer. I use your bell <laughs> when, when I'm here on the I show. had a wine bell, too, but I took that one back. The dingley, the butler bell. No, no. Who's I had that? one that I don't said, know. Um, it just ring, showed up ring, one day. Ring for a glass of wine, but I took that back. I'm dying to know what Let's Karen, get to Karen's, uh, Let's get to the, uh, how she flips yeah. it. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. So we, it is time for our favorite segment, What's the Wish? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy Definitely fit that category, Karen. Individuals who have had had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals. They overcame obstacles and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today has been described as a brown-eyed firecracker with an unedited point of view. She has mastered the art of juggling multiple full-time roles, including, and most importantly, single parenting, along with full-time career station manager, as well as hosting her own weekly podcast show called The Corner with K-Hub. Although she makes it clear that it's her corner and not yours, she's a great example of a woman who empowers other women. Her story is for everyone who thinks it can't be done, and today she is celebrating her three-year anniversary of her own podcast show. Welcome, Karen Hubbard, K-Hub. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! Years. Yeah. Well, you say things like that. Yeah. Woo. I'm right. blushing over here. You guys know I'm always on the flip side of everything. And to hear to hear things like that, it's, you know, over the years I, I can talk little bits about myself. I can compile them all in a quick subcategory, I think, of how life is supposed to go. But that I'm just a normal girl. Raised you get it. to talk about you today. Honey, there is anything good. normal I, about you. No, which is yeah, there's nothing normal about you because yeah. um, you go above and beyond. I mean, you've been a great 
role model and example, and I don't think you realize that, but when you sit and you, you think about how much you've accomplished, I mean, you're young, and just all the things that you've overcome. And, all the hats that you wear. And, and how you take care of everybody else, whether it's with, you know, your family, your um, the station, your, your DJs. That's a lot. Your full-time job. Yeah. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. Right. So, so we, we, you know, we are grateful. You. Yeah. I had to have you. I found a connection and come hecker high water because I don't know what I can say on your show. Oh, anything you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to lose the partnership and, and the bond that we had built on an instant level. Yeah. Um, so that was we it. We appreciate it was, that. We do. I take mine with me, all of them, all of my people. Yeah. So well, let's get started, though. Wait, because go back. I want to hear what she wants to do with her vision board. Okay. How so do you we'll do your vision board? First. My vision board is very different because there's a lot that's always going on in my head, and we're probably going to talk about that's why I wear so many hats. Um, so my vision board is actually – a very clear vision board, and the only pictures it has on it are my children. Aww. And I ke- I actually keep, because I have a technical end to me, my creative end to me is more my fun. So if I put pictures on a board to me, yes, that's my fun, but to me that doesn't signify work in my world. So what I have to do with the things I want as fun or I want to earn is I actually have to tabulate them in a spreadsheet form with financial dollars behind them. Awesome. Because I'm technical. So on that end of life, my my board is kept in a spreadsheet and I look at it every single week and I look at the goals every single week of wow. As we said the vacations, the cars, uh you know, anything that I want to do, the new clothes, the pair of boots that I saw um at this point in my life it's the college education. My uh, husband is listening children. right now loving you. Can yeah, I just I, say I'm that? sure John is too. He's going, there we go. <laughs> we married <laughs> we married the wrong people. <laughs> no, put, you didn't marry the wrong people. If if you are that if you are that person you need that creative person to look at the visual board because a thinker like me sometimes will only see the black and white. And so if if John is anything like me, when you go to him and you say, I would like to do this, he'll say, we don't have the funds right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's John's vision board is just like that. <laughs> just, it's, <laughs> sorry, we can't do that right now. It's so true. It's, it's always in the red. We joke all the time about, you know. I'm John. Hi, John. Nice right. to meet you out there. Right. My husband will tell me all the reasons we can't do something, and I'm yeah. like, I, I, I'll defy every single one of those <laughs> answers he gives me. Yeah. Well, honey, it's on the vision board. See the picture yeah. right here? Just close your eyes and dream yeah. with me, baby. I, I, let, I let a little bit of rope off this week to the family. I said, we're going to – I started sending text messages to the kids and the boyfriend and my dad, and I said – who want, and they're all boys. You know, my daughter's in Florida right now. And I said, who wants to go to Autorama? They instantly flocked. And they said, we want to go. We want to go. And so they they, they all have all collectively agreed independently to a message to me that said, it'll be nice to get out of the house. Uh-uh. <laughs> Holding down awesome. the money. Well, That's Okay, awesome. so let's um, – you know, life has not – been easy. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing where you're at right now, and especially I want to get into eventually your role as station manager here because this station has just grown leaps and bounds. So, on top of full time career and mom, and how did you get here? Like, now tell us about your journey Karen. so far, yeah. and Karen. Oh well, it's been it's been a good one. You know what? Um, I was always a smart kid, and but I never. I always had to have my hands in everything. I never found one thing that fully satisfied me. And so instead of turning to things like addiction, 
I just started throwing myself into just listening to music, absorbing creative things. I like to paint. I like to write. And mm-hmm. so that creative edge over my years, I, 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 go, I would go back and look at journals. For, I, I have every journal wow. that I've ever written in my entire life. And I would just look at these journals that I was writing and think, why am I – and I'm, I'm reading them and laughing aloud and, and thinking to myself, why am I not talking about some of these experiences just as a child, as an awkward fat kid uh, in a rich community coming straight out of Detroit who didn't have any friends? You know, Why am I not talking about being the only kid driving a 1986 Chrysler Laser when your friends had BMWs? You know, those kind of things. It was that – it was that – that vision board that you guys talk about, but I always kept it internal. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted to maintain a strength that, you know what, it doesn't matter where you come from. You're not going to pick on me. You're not going to knock me down. And if you say I can't do something, I'm going to come here. I'm going to mow you over <laughs> and I'm going to do it better than you ever will. And and then I'm going to tell you, see, because I can. Now, how did you wow. get, how did you learn to think like that at a young age? My father. Really? Mm. I definitely think my father. He was very strong. He's still very strong to this to this mm-hmm. day. Um he was always that he was always that parent that he was a he was a boy. He was a dad, you know, and I was the kid that would climb trees or play baseball, more so than my other two sisters. And so I think we really bonded. And it was something that was important, but it was something that he would always little things I would remember, uh, he would say you need to toughen up on me, kid. Or, look, kid, I didn't bring you out here to cry on me. Or, you know, kid, I can't see you cry. Like, don't cry on me. You know, it was just little things like that that would make me realize that that was maybe just my dad's way of saying, toughen up for the world. Yeah. Be prepared, wow. honey. You know, he he's not a man of many words, but you could see in his actions or his reactions or a lack thereof exactly what he was thinking or how he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and we just came from a, a blue-collar, middle-class family, and I would never desire anything else. Like, I would never change my family for the world. It didn't matter what we had because yeah. there's families now, and, you know, even growing up, I still have rifts with family because we're human people. Right. Um, but I see millionaires, and, and, I've, and I've dealt with rich people or traveling people or entertainers, um, people of all different cultures that – have no one but themselves. Right. And I'll take my middle class income and my family that might yell at each other over an Italian dinner. <laughs> um, Money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't. No. You know, so in in his words, uh, a lot of things were were very helpful to me. And um my mom gave me a good foundation. Although we butted heads and didn't speak for a long time. Uh, we she now that I look back at things, I see everything that she did or tried to do was for the benefit of her family and her children. Yeah. And, you know, she chose to stay home with us in the early years. And, you know, she did a lot to fight for our family and make sure that we had things even when we didn't have a financial means. You know, she, she found a way. You know, she, yeah. she sewed our clothes a lot of times, um, you know, our costumes for dance classes. And so, you know, we, we lived a very normal lifestyle. And, you know, it was just good. We had a, we had a good bond, but we also – had some separation that made me take a look and think of how I would do things differently. You sound like a good combination of your mom and your dad based on what you just described. Yeah. And what I know about you. I think so. I mean, just, it's, you know. The thick skin and also the um, attitude of perseverance, finding a way to make something happen. And I have to tell you, I know on your show, you, you typically have a word of the show. Yes. And I don't know how you pick it or why you pick it, but... 
thinking about you and what I know about you, there were a few words that came to mind. Um, and then we sent it, I sent it off to our CEO. And one of the words that we ended up coming up with was tough. And you have mentioned that word like three times already. So you'd be leading the way. Right. I mean, <laughs> um, courage, strength, and tough were three of the words that, that we came up with. Um, that we, you know, because I was thinking about you, but I was also think, thinking about how much fun it would be to try to use those words throughout the show yeah. today. How would you describe, I mean, what words would you use to describe yourself? <sighs> Empathetic. Um, tough, definitely tough. I, I would say I'm tough. Um, it's a weird word in a way, it, that, you it, know. It, but is a, a, it is a weird word. It's an ambiguous word. Yes. And I like that because I can be... I'm also a Taurus, and so I have a tendency mm. to want to judge. And I've had to work my entire life to not judge. And it's hard, um, especially because I've gone through so many different aspects of life and, and a lot of different failures and triumphs that I can easily judge but then turn around and say I'm a fool because I'm judging my own self. Um, so tough. I can be very critical. Um, I'm very um, – I'm very uh, – hard on myself. So I don't know what would be a, a good way to say that. But there's there are struggles uh, with with the way I've gotten where I'm at today. You know, you lose relationships and that's something that I don't like. I, I don't harbor that very, very well because I'm loyal. And so I will keep a relationship until I cannot beat it down anymore. And I will just, I will walk into public with a smile on my face, I don't care if it's eight years, 20 years, six months, I will do everything I can to keep any type of relationship I have happy. And that is has been almost to a demise in my entire life. Mm. So, um, you know, I'll say, I would say strong, uh, tough, resilient. Resilient, I think, mm. is a good word for me. Yeah, that's another good word, resilient. Um, so... Of all the hats that you wear, like Jackie described, you've got a lot going on. It seems, based on what you've just said, that that's you enjoy that. I that do. You would be bored or feel stale somewhat if you didn't have a lot of different, you know, fingers in different pies. Is that true? That's very true. Um, I recently discovered television again for the first time after several years. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching? I'm watching The Walking Dead, but I'm not watching yes. it. Um, I'm behind because oh, I, I don't. I don't ever see anything on a first run because um, I don't. I, I simply don't have time. Uh, so I'm watching that one. My, my little likes that show as well. So we're watching that, and I've recently started Game of Thrones, which is fantastic, and I love to write. So it's it, it's very fantasy driven. It's like a realm world, and there's dragons and murder and sex and rage and oceans and just it's crazy it's just amazing it, the writing is amazing the show is amazing i want to read the books um but i, I like books so anything book based I'll, I'll try and watch mm. but to be honest with you um my boyfriend even said it the other night we sat down and it was 8 30 and I, I i was passing out and i get cranky because i don't get a lot of sleep so if i'm, <laughs> if I'm going out leave me there and he says, it seems like when you stop moving, you just pass out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can so relate to that. You just have to keep. Yeah. I, yeah. And and that's really my focus in life to just keep moving. I don't want to just exist in my life. And after taking a few hits medically and emotionally, I refuse to just exist. 
Do you want to talk about yeah, those? Yeah, we, we can. Talk? Okay, let's talk about that. You know, I mean, I, I know you've heard a little bit about our show, and we, we're always talking about everybody's story, and everybody has a story to tell, and we can all learn from each other, right? Absolutely. Especially if we let our guard down a little bit and are willing to talk about our story. So what would you like to share about that? Which one? Medical or emotional? Emotional. Oh, there's, you know, there's a few things. What I'll say is this, is that... um Pay attention, you know, as, as especially to my women, to my women who are listening, even even the women of power, because you can carry yourself on a pedestal. You can have a great understanding of yourself. You can be a very strong woman. And someone who's charming, someone who's manipulating, someone who's intelligent, um, someone who's deceiving can slide in and you'll never see it coming if you're ever at a vulnerable moment in your life. So, you know, I'd gone through some things. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been married twice. Um, one of the things that I, I feel like with my wearer of many hats, I call it a syndrome, is that in a personal relationship, like an intimate setting, I don't want a part of it. And it's taken me 39 years and... Nine months. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? Yeah, but, right. give, but give or take a few. <laughs> to let my guard down long enough to let one man understand me. And I've been married twice, if that tells you anything. So I felt like relationships, I would go through the motions. Like I, you know, just kind of be complacent with a person, um, but secretly not really loving them at all. Um, and that that'll make you really resent men uh, in general. And it's nothing they did wrong because it's all you and you and you learn this as you're going through your life. So, you know, I was with my first husband eight years and he gave me a wonderful son who's going to be 19. And uh, that boy is studying chemical engineering right now at University of Toledo. Wow. And he's fantastic, you know. Um, and then, you know, my second husband, I was with almost 13 years and, you know, a great man. And, and both of them are, are good to their children, you know, but there was never a financial support to me. There was never, you know, this, you were the mother of my child. I'm going to take care of you. Like there wasn't even support order. Like with, with the youngest one, I don't even get, like I get a hundred dollars a month and, and I don't get, like, I'll expose that. I don't care. I think it's ridiculous. A judge, that's wow. what they said. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Macomb County, Michigan judge. $100 a month. And I don't know if it's because I make decent money because I do make a, I'm, I'm a hustler. I make a good living for myself. And it's because, you know, I work in a job and in an industry that is salary plus a bonus base. So the better that you are at your job and the, and the harder you push, the more money you make. So but I bet you're spending more than a hundred dollars yourself, right? <laughs> he's eating that in three days well, in I, groceries. I son, yeah. I know. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm you know. very facetious, but yeah. wow. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, the relationship, you know, I severed both of the marriages. Um, because I struggle in that end of my life. So after that, you know, I felt a little vulnerable after that second marriage. You know, I was, you know, like I said, so you can see the the longevity, eight years, you yeah. know, I was, with, and, and I'm only 40. So yeah, right. this tells you, I, you know, I had one boyfriend in high school. So it's not like I'm right. bouncing around or things like this, but, you know, I grew up kind of an eye for an eye girl. So when you do something to me, now this is my old world, my old mentality, like, 
pre-divorce. That's the Italian in you. It must be. <laughs> I'm going to do it back to you. You're like, that was the way, that was, it must yeah. be the Italian mm-hmm. in me. I'm going to do it back to you. So, you know, I, I, I had, there was infidelities and, and that will demean you on both ends of, of, of the situation. Whether you committed the adultery, whether you were, you know, the receiver of the bad news, whatever it may be. So, you know, I thought, well, you did this to me. So, you know what? I don't trust you anymore. I'm going to go do this to you. And it just completely crumbled the marriage. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just got worse and worse and worse. And it just got to a point where we hated each other. And I knew that I was not going to put our children in the middle of this ridiculousness. And I walked out the door with my clothes and my kids. Wow. And I, I don't care. You know, at that point, I don't yeah. care. I love you enough to let you go. Move on. Sayonara. You know, we were good to each other until we could no longer do that. And then we couldn't do it anymore. So I left jobless. Wow. Wow. Now, okay, so the courage. <laughs> the courage comes in there. Jobless. Wow. <clears throat> jobless and just out of the hospital. I had just checked myself in because I felt like I needed a mental checkup. Wow. Because after going through – now, let me back it up a little bit. So right before that – We'll go to some of the. We'll go to a little bit of the medical. Um, I had struggled with um, all kinds of female issues, so in 2002 was uh, originally struck with precancer cells, uh, cervical cancer, oh and God. the cells started leaching over the years. So, um, my oldest son was a five. He was five. And, you know, we didn't know what was going on. My first husband, you know, was very well informed. He went to all of the appointments with me. I had a a fantastic doctor. And he said, look, you know, what's going on here? He's like, if anything, we'll just take everything out. No matter what happens, like there's there's a way to get this. We'll, you know, we'll start here. We'll start cutting, burning, freezing cells. And if it continues to spread, then, you know, we'll talk about hysterectomy or things like that. No problem. So we started with some procedures, and and it's exhausting, you know. At this time, um, you know, also in the midst of of that, I'm I, I'm fighting, and it's a lifelong battle. Um, hypothyroidism with Hashimoto's disease, wow. which is chronic fatigue syndrome of the small glands. Um, so I'm fighting this along with everything else. So what ends up happening? Uh, we're gonna fast forward on the medical because it's all gonna link together. Thyroid and female hormone issues are directly linked together, Mm -hmm. which also will create mental issues, which will create lack of helplessness, feeling awful, weight gains, um, you know, hair Mm -hmm. falling out, all of this kind of stuff. Okay. So now we're going to go back. Okay. They found hypothyroidism when I was pregnant with my first son. So that I lost 40 pounds. I was a big girl. Okay. When I got pregnant with my son, I was probably... 255, 260. Wow. Really? 5'2". Wow. 5'2". I did bring a picture for you guys because I don't know if you've ever seen the befores no. and afters. Um, and they never knew. So, and, and as I explained to you a little bit earlier, my mother and I were turbulent. And I love her to pieces. So, yeah. you know, but she did say hurtful things to me my whole life. I was always a big kid, but I was athletic. My dad kept us involved in sports and you know, stuff, but I could eat. I was Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there was, there was some stuff going on in their marriage that was really kind of flowing down and ruining the family unit, um, which we saw as children. And you just don't say much. You know, there was, there was abuse um, on all ends of it. And they're probably going to kill me if they're listening. But I, you know what? It is what it is. 
Um, I was raised in that environment. You know, everyone was smacking everyone around in the <laughs> 80s, and I don't understand why. You know, it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember leaving Belle Isle as a little child and my uncle driving down Jefferson Avenue. I was little living in Detroit, picking me and my mom and my sisters up on the side of the road on Jefferson after the hydroplane races. And I mean, we moved out of Detroit in 87, so I was very young. Um, so there was turbulence. There was all these weird things going on, and I was a fat kid. And, um, you know, so th- we f- we get through this medical, and my mom had said some hurtful things about, you know, well, you're just fat. You're just fat. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just fat. <laughs> mm. You know, and then my dad would accuse me of being on drugs because I was sleeping all the time. Why are you sleeping all the time? You're on drugs. What's wrong with you? You're fat. You're on drugs. Like, And as a child, this is all I'm hearing. It's a yeah. yeah. So, mm. so you move on, and you get fat. Um. It's okay. You know what, Karen? It's like you know we what? say. You look fine. Your shit is hard. You are. You, <laughs> you are, look fine. Right. You I look know. Amazing. I mean, I'm just like and looking you know at what? you, trying to think to myself, when could she have possibly weighed that much? Yeah. My whole I mean, life. But wow. by telling your story, Karen, there's a lot of people out there. And you right. know what? I mean, as a parent, you you think about the things that you did or yeah. you didn't yeah. do, and there's that right. guilt, and then there's that. You know, right. I mean, it's a it's a. It's hard, you know. Yeah. It is so, hard. So you look at those things that you won't do, and that's where the courage comes from. Is that you know what? Now you're sitting at a doctor's table, and you have all these medical issues, and you hear the word cancer, and then you start your fight, no matter what it is, no matter what stage you're at. Um, so we started going through that. So I was clean, you know. The doctor got the thyroid stuff kind of under control. I went through some surgeries, uh, radiation. Um, all kinds of things to remove the thyroid. Wow. Uh, so there's, you know, no more glands. So we get that under control and I start losing weight because I had gained 80 pounds in wow. like a month. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. And then, you know, they get that regulated and I start losing weight. But then I start going through the female medical issues with, you know, the cancer cells and uh, chronic bleeding. Uh, 72 days straight at one point I bled. Oh my um, God. Yeah. So wow. you no fight. You were exhausted. You're exhausted. So you find the strength. How old were you that when this was all going on? Um, I was 25 when it started. Wow. Oh my God. I've been wow. sick my whole adult life. Wow. And I'm still sick. I will be sick my whole life. The thyroid disease will never go away. Um, and at this point now, because it's so progressed, um, we're gonna. I'm gonna start looking at alternatives with chiropractic care um, for fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia-like symptoms because that's what it causes. So my body always aches, yeah, nonstop. So my not- yoga instructor was diagnosed with that years ago, and then she started doing. You know, she got really got into yoga. Yes, and it helped tremendously yes. in terms of her body aching and things like that. Yes, the yoga. I do. I do the yoga, and it helps. It helps a lot. Uh, the weight loss has helped. Do you um, feel, did you feel when you were diagnosed, and this may seem like a strange question, a strange question, but a little bit of relief that there was a, a reason for your weight right, gain right. and your tiredness? And stuff? I mean, did yes. you want to just go to your parents and say, say, look, look, I, well, I'm yes. not on drugs and I'm not lazy yeah. and I'm not fat. Yes. I have a problem. I have a right. condition. You, you do, but as you all know, you know, it's, it's fam, it's family unit and, and there's not always talking there. So you know what? Here's what you do. You say, look at me now. You silently take your pain and you step on it and you do differently. And, you know, you you try and make amends for things that you did wrong in your past. I was a jerk as a kid. You know, I there was all kinds of things going on. You know, I used to steal. I used to lie. You know, there was a lot of trust that needed to be rebuilt from when I was a kid. 
But I, I think that those were all outcries for help of the family right. unit breaking down now right. that I look at things like that. Are your parents still married now? No. They, oh. they divorced when I uh, – they separated when I was 27 and we didn't really have a conversation. So like all of the conversations in my family – um, have been over the telephone and we still... Or the radio. <laughs> or the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, when I told my mom I was sick, I called her on the phone and told her there was no face-to-face when she told me that she was leaving my dad, which I agreed with. I don't disagree with her leaving. It was a toxic, horrible relationship. I'm surprised that one of them didn't kill each other legitimately in that time or go to jail over each other. They weren't good for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom is a much happier person now. My stepdad's an amazing guy. Uh, you know, so no, I don't fault my mom for that at all. Yeah. But we didn't, they somewhere didn't have communication level growing up. So right. we didn't have that. So that's where the change had to instill, like with my children. Right. They have a lot of freedom, my kids. I trust them. I don't spy on them. They can do what they want. My oldest one has never had a curfew. He has screwed up once in his life. And the one thing, well, the two things I've done different, never hit my children. Well, I, I've hit them each once, and then I cried like a baby mm-hmm. silently behind closed doors because I thought, what kind of wretched animal am I to put my hands on another human being yeah. like this ever? I gave birth to these boys. They're never supposed to fear me like that. Yeah. Um, but I've made my home probably the only place where they can be themselves. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, that's what a home should be. Yeah. Wow. They can speak freely. Um, yeah. You know, they cannot cuss me out or things like this. Like right. we have you boundaries. Have rules. Right. Yeah. Right. But if you, you, if you're, I don't care what you are, you're, you're mine and this is your home and this is your safe place. So, so there's that trust. Yes. Yeah. So and we, feeling safe. That's a great way to put it. Just yeah. feeling safe. You can be yourself. Right. And, yeah. Right. You know, and I've dragged them along on the experiences of working my way up from single mom, you know, putting groceries on the table, leaving with no job. And it was at that point that I left with no job and I didn't want to go back to account management for debt collection. It just, you know, I had left there um, and and moved on to do industrial uh, electronic automotive um, collections for business. Wow. And But when automotive tanked in 2009, a bunch of us right. lost our jobs and that's where my job list came in. So I was able uh, in that time, you know, to stay home with with my little one and and my oldest one was, you know, still in school age. And it was at that time that I decided to start a small little promotions company because I figured, you know what, I might as well do something. So I started a nonprofit where I was feeding people. So uh, I own Detroit Hunger Alliance. And really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So weekly. Detroit Hunger Alliance. Alliance. Is that, um, is was Ricky Rocks part of that? Ricky Rocks helped me a lot, yes. I remember um, sounds- the band 34 Bliss. Yes. We did a sounds show for that. Um, yeah. I yes. had the t-shirt, actually. Yeah. I didn't know you started that. And you still do that? Well, um, Ricky was originally with me when we were with Detroit Underground Initiative. Okay. Which may have been the 34... 34- oh, right. That's what it was. So Detroit Underground mm-hmm. Initiative, actually, yes, was... When I left my ex and I started feeding people, you know, I left. I left my ex husband. So, um, weren't you worried about feeding yourself? Like, how no. did you go and start helping everybody else? When I figured it would all just work out. Really, wow. I just did. Um, we moved to Hamtramck. I got a little apartment in Hamtramck, and then instantly started dating this guy uh, named Owen Ezra. And uh, he's the owner of Tap Detroit. We can go over, girls. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to have to go over here. Yeah. Um, so he's the owner of Tap Detroit, which I helped, you know, put together. And Ricky Rocks uh, was also a friend of his. So 
Olin and I, there was a big outrage in Florida about food not uh, food not bombs feeding donuts to um, homeless people in the parks. And so we did a solidarity march over here, uh, and we went from Hart Plaza all the way to Cass Corridor, and we handed out 166 bag lunches um, on that day. And then that's, that was when Detroit uh, Underground Initiative started, and that was Olin and I. So then from there, every two weeks, we would go to Cass Park and we would do a weekly meal feeding. And the Wobbly Kitchen would come on board with us. And all of a sudden, we had all these, like, hundreds of volunteers. There was church groups coming to help us. And wow. We were feeding over 500 people every two weeks wow. um, at Cass Park. Yeah. Um, but in that entire time, that man was beating me. Mm. So. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there was. So you left a marriage. Left a marriage to go straight to a man that was beating my ass every day. Wow. Wow. How did you get out of that? I don't know. What, how, how long were you in it? 18 what months. The, what was the breaking point months. for you, I guess? The breaking point was actually, there was, there was a few. Um, I kept going back and I don't know why because I was the one holding all of the cards. And this is why I tell your listeners, your, power, your powerful women in any type of environment, that no matter what you think, you do have the strength to overcome anything. Because I, at this point, like I said, I moved out, had no job, hustled, built my little promotions company, was doing well, was booking shows, filling the Emerald Theater, working with mm-hmm. Olin Ezra. He had his little promotions thing going. Um, but like he was just beating my ass every night for, I don't even know what, looking at people wrong, you name it. It's not saying the right thing and not having sex with them the right way. How, I don't know. How soon did it start? The, the physical abuse. It was probably like his anger and stuff was like almost immediate. Um, but I didn't feel like it was directed. I mean, I just thought he was a really high strong person, but I was going through my own stuff with like leaving the marriage. Yeah. So it was just a vulnerable time. So that was where it like all happened. And I never paid attention to what I was doing. Like I didn't really have anywhere to go. So I got this, like I was sofa surfing at his place for a while And, like, we went from handing out flyers together to, like, sleeping together. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Like, I blinked my eyes and got stupid is seriously what happened. Well, you were at at a very vulnerable point. So that happened for a long time. And and I reached out to people in Musicland and told told his friends, told there's a predominant photographer in Detroit that uh, shares a studio with that man that I went to and said, he's beating me. I need your help. And he did nothing. Um. And you know, why do you think that? Why do you think people are afraid of? I don't know. And or, you know, we don't speak up, or we deny it, or we don't talk about it, or I don't know. We look the other way. The only person that ever helped me, um, I mean, there was a few. There was a couple of people that helped me, but um, in the justice system, actually, after seventeen police reports against the man, seventeen, yeah, and after he by, just by you, yeah. Holy cow. In 18 months. So yeah. that's like one a month almost. He was kicking my ass every day almost. Like what was it? Like, I mean, could people see the bruises? And No, 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 no. They they kick you where they can't it, see them. A lot of times they do. But then it, it came to a point where I had to show up on a Sunday morning. Now, And there was one point too where we were on our way to Cass Park to feed people. And he didn't have a car. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a license. Like he's just a homeless bum, like a loser. Um So I'm driving and he's like yanking my steering wheel, like driving down Woodward, trying to smash my car. But the end result was we had an event at at an establishment and came home. He left a bunch of stuff at the event and then blamed me. 
and smashed my head into the dining room table and like left me there oh bleeding out. I, I mean, I still have, you know, I got all the stitches in my head. He almost killed I me. I see that. Wow. It, you know, and then threatened to spread peanut butter all over my house uh, when my nine-year-old is just below airborne nut allergy. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. So that was... Did he ever s- go to jail? No. No, and the judge only granted a six-month PPO because one of my friends emailed what? him and gave him shit. Yeah. So because my girlfriend ran her mouth on him, I only got a six-month PPO. That's bullshit. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. So how this long exactly ago was why this? people don't put out PPOs because they, they don't do anything to protect you. No, they don't. I feel like that's something that should I'd never eventually do that again. be addressed. Were you afraid yeah. that you would die? Um, I saw myself from outside of myself that night. Um, when he, the stitches? Now, did yeah. your kids see this? No, they weren't home. Um, my oldest knew what was going on and he was a little older. He was like 13. So he knew what was going on. He wasn't coming home that much. And my ex, uh, with my, my ex-husband with my second son kind of knew I wasn't saying much, you know, I wasn't saying much at all. My job knew. Um, and then after that happened, that man stalked me and tried to get me fired from my job. Mm. Um, I work with federally sensitive information on my day job. So, uh, social security numbers and things like that. And it's, you know, I, I have to take oaths. I have to use federal systems. You know, it's, right. I take my job very seriously, um, which is why I've been there 15 years. Um, but, you know, tried to get me fired. I was under investigation on my job. Like this man almost killed me and then tried to oh ruin me after that. God. And he never worked. I was the breadwinner in the house. Like I had gone back to this job. At this point, I was already working again. Wow. So why did you stay 18 months? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's what I want to tell women. Like, pay attention. Like, the moment. Do you think it, I mean, you know, the, I often wondered, like, what we see as a child. I mean, do you 100%. think? 100%. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I'm broken. And, and was broken immediately. The moment I ever saw my parents put their hands on each other immediately affected my ability to make a conscious decision for my own self. Because it's not just men that be women. women. Women be men. Right. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Right. right. And it it's not just physical abuse. No, right. And no, I mean, psychological and emotional abuse is just as well, scaring in different ways. Let, let's go to, uh, tell us, uh, when did you decide to leave and how? Like, what happened? I was afraid um, at that point. And I had to go... That was a Thursday. It was 11, 11, 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I, had to, I had to go to work the next morning, and I had to call into work. And I thought, well, hold on now. Now you're messing with my money. And no, you're, no, I, I don't care. Nothing, mess, nothing is messing with my money ever. So I called in, and I told my boss, and he kind of knew what was going on. And you know, so I said, well, I'll come in. I'll make up some of this time on Saturday. Well, I had a full-blown concussion. So I showed up to work on Saturday because I'm just that. I'm just driven. You don't mess with a woman with her. You know, I got babies to feed. So right. those kids have been a motivation. Like you get through the medical. You know, I had at this point already like lost 160 pounds. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, we missed that part. So um, and I ended up having the hysterectomy because we could not control the female stuff. And so it was after I had that uh, hysterectomy, October 28th of, um, yeah, October 28th. And then he knocked me around so hard that I hemorrhaged. Oh, my God. And that was the moment that I knew I had to make the plan to move because he knocked me around November 20th. It was my son's birthday. And I hemorrhaged and had to go back to the hospital that day. Um, and I was only a month out of surgery, massive surgery. Did the hospital know what was going oh, on? Oh, of course. But they can't say anything because I because at that point, you oh, know what? I instantly felt like a child because remember I told you earlier, I used to lie when I was a kid. Yeah. And every time I had to go to the hospital for that man hitting me, all I could think about was 
being eight years old again and lying. Wow. So I really don't like it when people call me a liar now because oh yeah, you can't. Right. Wow. So you made you you Do made you th- the decision. I'm sorry. No, go, go no. Ahead. I guess my question is, you know, for anybody, and I don't know anybody now, but if for people listening, if you think somebody is being abused. What would you tell yeah. people to say or do for like what do you wish people would have said or done for you? Um just pay attention because it was little things. Um if you ever notice and this goes men or women, if you start to see things like your friend is isolating themselves or your family members isolating themselves, um you find that they're not able to talk on the phone. They quit going places with you. They're not smiling anymore. They're late. They make excuses. They make a lot of excuses. Um, they, You can almost see the deterioration of someone being abused, whether it be emotional or physical. Um, you know, there was points I was fighting back because you have to fight back. Um, you know, so as a friend, just be involved. Ask questions. If you see something happening with your friend, don't. Don't come at that person real hard because that person's going to lie to you and expect that. Um, don't sever your friendships. Let me when ask the you, doctor saw – I'm so sorry. No, but that's okay. I, I people can't see, but there is right. a big scar across your forehead. Right. When you went in with that cut from him bashing your head on the table, did the doctors not feel – aren't they supposed to call the police? If I think you, it probably you, depends on you the age. To, I mean, it, she's an adult. So. Well, yeah. I'm an entertainer by trade. I can I can shut it off. And he said to me, he said, if you tell them what happened when we get home, I'm going to slit your throat and then you're going to die. Wow. Now, um, could somebody – Could do you think somebody at that time could have talked to you out of going back? Like do you think any of your friends, do you think your family, do you think somebody could have talked you out of it? Talked me out of going back to him? Yeah. I, at that point, ha- was already trying to make the plan to get out. I just couldn't oh. find the way. And I couldn't – the people I was asking, I was asking the wrong people for help. Um, you know, even – what I've realized is that the domestic violence hotline is even not a very good resource. Um, I ended up just doing it. I just thought, you know what? If I don't, I'll be dead. So what? when did you – like, how did you do it? Did you just – was it at, at, when he wasn't home? Was it um, – He didn't have a car, so okay. – um, Thank God. I didn't have the children, and I'll never forget the day. It was January 23rd, uh, 2012, and um, he's over at the Russell Industrial Center where Tap Detroit still is to this day, and I um, I got him – uh, I, I lived in Ham- – we lived in Hamtramck, so the studio was only a mile away from the house – And I got him in the car and drove him to the studio for work on a Monday morning, gave him a kiss, and never went back. Wow. I think if you're in a situation like that, that's the best thing to do is do it when they're not there. A friend of mine moved all of her stuff out, had people come over and move her out while he was gone at work. And by the time he got home, all of her stuff was gone. Yep. Because if not, they – that situation would have gone differently. Has, yeah. has, so. has he ever apologized? Oh, he'll never apologize. He, um, I finally, and then the stalking started. I um, wondered, yeah, did he find you? Oh, well, he knew where I was. I mean, I, it's not real hard to find me because I'm I'm also at this point, you know, trying to build my own public image. Right. You know, with, you know, coming up through, you know, I was doing.
doing all the back end station stuff for him. So at this time, I'm also like trying to build something of myself and just being beaten down every single day, you know, but then turn around and have to go do national band interviews or book, you know, an interview with Sublime or go work Mayhem Festival and interview 14 national acts the next day and go get your ass kicked by a stupid man. That, you know, and all I'm trying to do is make something of myself. Like, and, and I finally, like the last of it, I told him, you're not going to bring me down. Like, I will be better than you. And, and, and I am. Wow. I am better than him to this day. I'm doing more, you know, like, because it's my life. And I'm not worried that he's beating someone else. Oh, he is beating someone else because here's what happened. I'm sure he is because two of his ex-girlfriends, when I came, I actually came out after all the lies. I'm like, I'm done. Like, I had to get it out and I publicly made a post on Facebook and I knew it was going to go one of two ways. And I did. And I said, I'm sorry, this is what it is. I don't care what friends I lose. I don't care who sides with who. This is what happened. This is my story and take it how you want it. You know, wow. um, I lost a lot of friends, which was fine. They weren't friends. <laughs> they weren't. No. No. Um, you know, um, uh, Ricky rocks was actually one of them for a long time. Really? Absolutely. Because but, he didn't want to believe it about the the dude. I no. I you know. I I don't. I don't know because like Ricky, Ricky and I like Ricky was always that guy. Ricky was the one guy that was there for me when all that shit was going down. So Ricky always had my back in that situation. So he knew. Ricky knew. Yeah. Ricky always had my back. Like Ricky. So like I can't say anything bad because, but Ricky at that point. I believe was a little bit manipulated by the man to believe wow. the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, and here's the thing about people that abuse. I did a little bit of research and they can turn it off mm-hmm. and turn it on. They don't beat people. I mean, they they hide it. Right. They're really good at it. They're charming. They're manipulative. They turn it on and they turn it off. Yes. They kick you where you can't see the bruise. They they don't do that to everybody. They choose the people that they will abuse. Right. And to some extent, you know, it's it's making sure that the people that are being abused feel empowered enough to walk away from it because that's what happens. Don't you get so beaten down physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically? Yeah. You hide it. You you, you lie do. for them. Right. You do. And then you talk them up like they're this great, amazing person. So then when the truth comes out, everyone looks at you right. like you're a fool. Right. right. So then you take hit after hit right. after hit to your ego and and your just your identity. I mean, everything. People are talking about you behind your back and it's horrible. You know, but you know what? At the end of the day, what I've learned is that is this. This is the only advice I can give to anybody aside from just be strong. And and it's easier said than done. In the dating environment or in any type of situation, over all of the experiences that I have faced in my entire life, every time I've had that twinge in my gut, and we all know that twinge. Yeah, it is a real thing. Yeah, it's always right. I knew that man was bad. I knew I should have not married my ex-husbands, although they're good men. I should have not married them because I knew back then. I knew that the first one was just a good friend. Yeah. I knew that the second one was a ladies' man. You know, I knew that Olin was going to beat me. I, I knew it. I subconsciously knew that by my gut feeling, and it's that gut feeling that has made me successful in my own life. Um, it's hmm. it's given me the strength to overcome the fears that I face. Uh, it's given me the energy to put forth to lose 160 pounds and eat well and take care of my body, to live for my children and to you know thrive in, in this world and be productive. It's given me knowledge to sit and talk to women who don't know how to get out 
Because you know what? Sometimes it doesn't take advice. Sometimes it takes a hug. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, what I, a what a story. What Karen. a story. I'm just like, it, wow. I mean, do you look? Because look at where you're at today. I mean, do you ever just sit back and look and say, God, that that was really my life. I mean, that just doesn't sound like it was your life. You know what I mean? Like it could have been your life. It, it just seems like it, with where you're at today and everything you've accomplished that, you know. But it's because of all that. Don't you feel like, like you said earlier about being tough and, and courageous and that it's fighting through all of those things. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, my heart just almost aches for what you've gone through. And it can't. I know, but in, and I'm glad that you're telling it because I do think there's a lot of people out there. And I think that the bottom line is this. There's been enough said about abuse, but it can happen to anybody. Yes. Right. Well, look at, at what just happened with the, with the, the, the woman and, and child that they just found. Tell me that story again. You mentioned that, that earlier, and that I didn't. It was an abusive situation with the um, the guy turned himself in. That the Amber Alert that was going oh, that went out in the middle of the night the other night. Oh, yeah. that people were complaining about. Yeah, they were complain. They were yeah. posting, you know, nasty stuff about the the mother of this child. And I thought you we can't judge her. Nobody knows the situation. And sure enough, she was found dead as well. You it's know, horrible. It's yeah. horrible. People are complaining about the Amber Alert. Like, oh my God, don't wake me up with the Amber Alert. I can't well, believe somebody would that's, complain that's about that. That's actually like the closest. It's got to be somebody with thing. no kids, I think. My, I, you know, and if even, yeah, I just, the self entitlement has to stop. <laughs> I really think that people have gotten away from everything, everything that the foundation of our humankind was designed to do. Um, technology is causing digital dementia and retardation and disconnects everywhere with families. We have turn off technology day in my house because we mm. have to. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Everyone plays on their phones and yeah, doesn't right. communicate with one another. No, you you're go right. out to dinner and you see a Everybody's couple and they're sitting there and they're both on their phones. Like, why are you each even other. out in public together? Yeah. No, yeah, no, as no. I'm in my you're phone, right. but I'm actually looking for well, something. Yeah, for you no, guys for I would imagine here. that. But wow. um, but you, you know, know, it's different when you're out to dinner with your your spouse or boyfriend or your best yeah. friend and they're just sitting there playing on their phone the whole that's time. That's true. It is the point. You're right. It is annoying when you're somewhere and you look around and you think, wow, those people don't even. They're not even looking at each other. Right. Yeah. You know, right. I, I know. It drives yeah. Bob crazy, even if we're in the car and I'm looking at my phone. And sometimes they yeah. say, I'm still working. These are emails yeah, that I yeah, should have yeah, done yeah. two hours ago or whatever. But he's like, but it's me time. I know. So, well, Karen, you, do you, you um, so do you uh, speak at shelters and stuff like that? Or I don't. No, I don't because it's here's why um, you can't make a woman move. You can't, sure. you can't push a woman or a man in any type of situation, because here's what I always thought. Um, I cannot find it, but I will just read it to you from my mind. Um, he will change, that he does love me and that there just must be something wrong with me. Like why, what, what am I doing wrong that I'm making him so angry? So it makes you doubt your every being. And when you have doubt about your own self, you will go nowhere. They feel like they deserve it. Yes, what did I do wrong? Or they saw it, and so they think that's the way it is. But how long did it take you, after you left, to think the way you think today? I'm still dealing with the scars. That mm. will never go away. Mm. I, you know, there's been a couple times where my current boyfriend has walked at me too fast, and I duck left or duck right because mm -hmm. I don't know what's coming. And he's a gentle, kind man. He would never harm a soul. Yeah. You know, um, it, it that it's long-term damage. That never goes away. 
Um, it lessens, but I think about it every day. Um, a woman who has been abused makes sure that she knows where her abuser is at at all times. At all times, I know where he's at at all times. Wow, all times, and I've run into him on more than one occasion. He's in the same industry as I. Um, what yeah. was that like? I laughed in his face at this point because I'm strong enough to do yeah. that. Um, but it's painful, you know. It's painful when you give someone your love and your trust, and and they take your dignity and your honor. What right. do you like about him? I don't know anymore. Um, that's probably a good. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm glad. I'm um, kind of glad you said that. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that was. Just that was a great question because it's that kind of question that keeps me thinking about how I got in that situation. And I'm a problem solver. So for me to not receive answers of how or why I got there is the worst part of my life. So when things end abruptly or things that I like to end things because then I know how they've ended and that I've given them the ending that I desire. So you put closure. Absolutely. Whereas something like that, when I finally did have to take that man to court and he, after all is said and done with the judge and she issues the six month PPO and, um, yeah. And she, she gives him the opportunity to speak. Oh, F you. I'm sorry. And, wow. and, and now, mind you, I've got seven witnesses who well, have been a party to this. Yeah, so there's seven people, including my teenage son, who has seen some of it. And and the only thing that the judge says is, "Why is he out of school?" I said, "Because he's privately schooled and he's done with school." Wow. And I'm his mother, and oh that's why God. he's here. And it was a female judge. Female judge. Wow. So, but you know what? I'm a pretty strong-looking person. I. I intimidate people just by look sometimes, and it's not intentional. It's just I have a very strong jawline. I stand tall, keep my head up. These are all things my father taught me. Never put your head down. Yeah. So even mm. when I'm getting my ass kicked, I'm still. I, I always have my head up because you got to pay attention. Yeah. You have to see what's coming at you at all times. Um, you know, including with your technology, get your face out of your phone when you're walking through a parking lot. You are a rape victim. Mm-hmm. You're a robbery victim. You're going to get run over. Right. By a car. Look like you like they can't take you down. Walk I'm, with a purpose. Absolutely. What have you purpose. learned about yourself in all of this? I mean, you know, I, like you said, you're still going through it. You're still dealing with the mental part of it. But how is Karen different now than she was? Five, six, seven years ago. I mean, how was your how are your relationships now? How do you make sure that you don't enter into another negative relationship? You follow your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that earlier. You follow it. Um, you know that the man that I'm with now, um, I, I can't explain it. Um, it's something that I had said earlier that you, I just had never found anything with any man. And knowing going into the relationship, knowing that I'm not with that person, just time killing relationships. Um, because, that you didn't let you said talked about intimacy that you weren't able to kind of maybe open your heart enough. I yeah never never ever until recently until until this until this boyfriend now who is just because he he sees a lot of different things and he pays attention he's patient um, he he lets me be my own individual because I am and I guess it, the best way that he put it was is that. You fit into my world, and that's great because I've been looking for 35 years for someone to fit into my world. So it's almost like we just connected. Like everything felt safe and comfortable from the moment we sat at the table with each other to have a drink. Wow. Um, and it and was, how long has that been? That's only been six months. Oh, okay. But that's something I've never felt in 40 years. Wow. Never, ever, wow. ever, ever, ever felt like that. 
ever. Wow. Um, I can't, I can't explain it. So, um, you know, just watch out for things. Um, I'm going to say this, do a background check and that's no joke. You don't know who people are. Um, I can be telling you I'm Karen Hubbard, but there could be something behind a closed door that you'll never see unless you look. So always be looking. Yeah. Always be looking. Wow. Don't be judgmental though, but be looking. Thank yeah. you for sharing this. I mean, wow. I know this was hard, but I you made me cry. On your I'm sorry. I know, <laughs> but uh, you know but what? You, you helped good... somebody today. I can tell you that. I'm sure there's somebody listening that well, we can you all know. learn from every bit of this. Whether yeah. it's people in our, whether it's us or people in our lives right. that may be going right. through a tough time, and well, know, and, and we also, do tend to ignore our gut. I mean, we do. We and do. really, your gut really is there's there's a reason and you know we yeah. talk about it the little there's a there, sometimes it's a gentle yep. mm-hmm. sometimes there's a brick thrown at you and right. we ignore that right and and here's exactly. why do you want to know why you ignore it i figured it out think about every time that you've felt like a little burning or a yearning in you you feel like you're missing something right all you're doing is if you stay in toxic situations because you're afraid or you're scared you're just filling the void So in your life, you have channel markers at every single stop or go in your life. Sometimes they fall out of alignment. Sometimes they're not supposed to be there at all. So instead of feeling that void, follow that gut because that gut's saying that void's not supposed to be there or that channel marker's not supposed to be there and immediately omit it. It's not supposed to be there. The voids are there for a reason. The channel markers are there for a reason. If it feels like it's out of place, it is. And embrace the void. Embrace that void. Right. Always embrace That's that really void. really good advice. Right. And don't it, stuff it with something. No. Whether it's food or alcohol or no. an abusive right. relationship right. or... Except It's it. okay. Right. It's okay to not be completely fulfilled every moment of every, you know, day. That's a good point. Yeah. You know... That's really good advice. Yeah. It's it's something that you have to look at, you know, and, and don't ever second guess what you're doing in your life. Um, a gardener would take an approach... Uh, so for anyone who's gardened, whether it be a plant or, you know, house plant or anything, what would you do if you had um, a plant that died, what, if it's in the dirt? What do you do with that? Well, I would throw it away. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So what do you do like with a weed in a garden? Pull it. Pull it. Why? Because it's going to do what? Invade my garden. Yeah. Right. What do you, Multiply. Right. Why are you doing that with people? Letting them stay, you mean? If you have a garden and you have a bad seed or a weed, oh. you rip it out of your garden. And get rid of or it. Or get rid of it. Dump that son of a yes. bitch. <laughs> Every time. So that's all I've done differently. I hope I'm not a weed in your garden, yeah, <laughs> You're a flower. <laughs> Recognize the weeds by the gut feeling, okay? Because yeah. we're all going to have problems. So don't, right. don't over-identify your problems as weeds. Hey, we're all gonna have problems. We're all gonna have. Can I use weed killer? You can. You can. Just don't get caught. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but that poison. Yeah, that's not for you. I'll just pull it. I'm sorry. I don't use weed killer. (laughs) But so I mean, you know, all I've done differently is those things. Just be cognitive of my surroundings. Um, Don't keep the bad people in, whether they're blood or not, because blood. Consider that blood can be bad for you too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and just keep moving forward always. If there's something that you want to do, do it. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I started writing journals as a little girl. Um, and last weekend and the weekend before I was asked to MC the dirty show, which is an international art exhibition. And it averages about 2,500 people a night. And it's the biggest crowd I've ever stood before in my life. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah, that's Thank great. You. Sweet. And, and, and yeah. like you guys said, with, with your, with your vision boards, set those goals, because if you yeah. don't, you're going to lay on a couch and smoke weed all day and write notes to the man that you stole the wallet from. Um, <laughs> 
It's true. Have, have you thought about writing a book? Yeah. I have. Um, I have, and I actually have a title for the book. Um, oh, can you tell us? I can tell you um, okay. because I'm trying to service market everywhere so no one steals it. So it's embedded in all kinds of digital media. The book will be called From Fat to All That. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I like, like it. that. Yeah. Wow. It's catchy. And it's going to be every struggle of a grown woman. Wow. It's a, there's going to be nothing hidden. Um, because I feel like the skeletons have to be told to get the full story. And yeah. I'm a human. I'm not always a good person. And I've done a lot of years repenting and changing my life and paying it forward for the rotten things I've done. Um, I've been called a narcissist by my own sister. Um, and, you know, like when I post my selfies of gym time, I've worked very hard to lose this weight. Yeah. Um, I was instantly deemed a narcissist. No, you should that. be proud of yes. your, how, how hard you work and how good you look. Really? Yes. So what I'll say is that if anyone's picking on you, pick yourself up. Don't listen to those people because you know what? I was the fat kid with braces and glasses. I was the girl that got abused. I was the I was that girl. Wow. And you know what? I I own a nonprofit. We feed people. Um, I'm a station manager here at Podcast right. Detroit. Um, I have my own show. I entertain thousands of people. I get up on a stage and do all kinds of fun things with crowds. Um, I interview national bands from all over the world. Wow. Um, you know, I've written for local rock magazines. I'm a published poet. Uh, my my paintings and my artwork have been in galleries around the Metro Detroit area. Wow. So you know what I say is that if you want to do it, don't just exist. Right. Live, do it all, and don't ever let anyone shame you or guilt you for what you want to do because the only one at the end of the day, I'm going to say this on your show if this is okay. Go ahead. Please do. Say it. No one's cleaning your house, screwing you, or paying your bills but you. So <laughs> right. the <laughs> only one it. who's going to do anything for you is you. Right. And there is no definition of life. Wow. You're the only one that can define it. And that's not narcissistic. No. no. That's confident and strong. And tough. <laughs> well, and what 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 a comeback story. Um, yeah. So where are you at with your book? <laughs> it's still all in the journals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's. I've got a writer here for you. I know you. She's do. writing a biography. Uh, well, yeah, a biography, right? Mm-hmm. A biography right now for someone else. So they're hard to let go of the stories because some of them are really but deep. She can do her own. Yeah, she, she yeah. writes. So. Um, you know, I, I'm going to need. I'm going to need a proofreader, and I'm going to need a publisher. We and have going... a really good proofreader, by the way. Our working CEO. with Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Really. Rebecca, she's phenomenal. She is. Yeah, you know, the, she... the writing. Yeah, to... writing girl. I try, yeah. but the writing makes me cry. And um, so, you know, you guys, I don't cry very much. You have me crying on your show. So shout well, out wait. to uh, <laughs> today. That's not, you, know what? you know, she has 19 children's books, too, Denise. So I know. This I is have... a good resource right I brought here. a couple for your kids. Yeah, Actually, I, I wasn't sure how old your youngest was. So they might be a little bit too young for him, but that's okay. That's no, but okay. we still read them they, and we loved it because it was all about Michigan. Yeah, you gave them oh. to her for Christmas, yep. remember? Oh, I got a couple yeah. more for you. <laughs> yeah, good. Keep that collection no, going. I, yeah, no, I think they're well, fantastic. And you know what? You remind me a little bit of Buzzy. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. they told him he couldn't fly and he believed yeah. him and then he realized they were wrong. Yeah. That's right. And, and that was her told very... you you were fat and you couldn't do shit and yep. they were wrong. So yep. F them. Wow. That's right, too. <laughs> Great. And you can fly, baby. And that's what Buzzy said, too. F them, right? <laughs> oh, wait. Book, not, book two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the adult version. <laughs> Mike and I joke all the time about every one of my books, there's an adult version. Well, yeah. you have such a great adult message, though. So. Yeah. In, in it's all shades of Buzzy. So. Yeah. You have 50 shades of Buzzy. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, listen, let's go on to something else. Let's move it along here because, uh, first of all, again, thank you so much for being so open because I, welcome. It, you know, I know that, like you said, it's going to help. Can help all of us. I and mean, I know all it's parts not easy because you have to open up your heart and your soul and, and say. It, yeah. And you know what? And that I realize tough. the older I get is that people, people are empathetic back. That people are less judgmental when we're honest, and yeah, we right. let them see that we're human and we and have flaws, and, that we, and, and yeah. that we did make mistakes and all that. It's when we try to hide it, right? Right. That we falsify. Just exactly. the fact that we're human. We, right. come, we come across as insensitive. And my cry time is usually the shower. So thank you. I've gotten it all out for the week right here on air. <laughs> I like you know to cry what, Karen, in the shower. It just makes people love you that much more. Yeah, it makes I me agree. open my heart more and think, yeah. oh my gosh, we put on these tough exteriors of we're all this and that. And well, the and truth think is. It. It, 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 I, today, I didn't know this was going to be the story. And right. here I'm saying to you this morning, can you please call her? I'm, I don't want to call her and tell her I'm too scared to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really a softy inside. I love my cookies and, and, and my pillows. And you know, and your kids. So let's kids. obviously let's obvious talk you about your show. Yes. So you so that started also at, at the time that you were going through this, right? It Originally, it did because I wanted a show on Tap Detroit, and he wouldn't let me have one because he would let me be on his show, and the ratings would go through the roof. And he'd say, "Oh, people love you." They love and you me. were a behind the scenes person, though, I was right? Behind the scenes person, and no education, right? No college, no nothing. Right. I went straight from from high school to the workforce. So. Uh, you know, just self-teaching along the way and just yeah. absorbing all of U the of knowledge. U of L, University Absolutely. of Life. Absolutely. Yeah. Best college there is. Yeah. So, you know, so then Ricky Rocks came back into my life uh, when he opened Raw Radio X and he said, you know, I mean, and we had talked here and there in between and he realized that, you know, I was being honest with what I was saying, you know, and that I wasn't really trying to damage that man. I was just being truthful with this was my life and this right. was what was happening. So we sat down and he's like, you know, I really want you to have a show. He's like, you always did good. He's like, you did so much over there you know, would you give it a shot? And I'm like, what? You'll let me ha- – come on. You're going to let me talk on that? You're going to let me talk to people? <laughs> so we did it. And it was a love affair. I, You know what? I feel like that two hours – when I launched the show in, in 2013, it's like that two hours every week was my sanctity. It's my safe house. It's my church. Wow. It's for me to say what I want to say. Um, and it does give me a platform for all different kinds of things. And we talk about health, wellness, sex, right. funny things, um, music. I highlight artists, you right. know, not only that, but I will just bring average, I'll just bring my friends in and we'll just chat it up for an hour yeah. or two because everyday That's people. Life. Yeah. Right, right. People are fascinating. Right. Yes. And I love. Um, so true. I love to hear what people have going on. Yeah. You know? So and it just spored from there, and I've gone through a bunch of changes. I've tried to clean up the show, but uh, the listeners don't want me to. <laughs> no, no. I think if it's not broken, there's no reason. No, to fix yeah. it. and yeah. sometimes people just like letting, we have on. to be true to ourselves. Right. And sometimes exactly. people like letting you know, mm-hmm. just letting us hear it rip right. and say what we want yeah. to right. say. I mean, we can't. It's hard to censor ourselves, right? It is, and and especially um, you know, f- for you ladies who are in corporate America, um, it, it's really important for me to say that. You, this is a disclaimer right here because I I don't want you all to go out and start a podcast and mold it after the corner with K Hub because I say some pretty downright borderline things. Um, I, I'm never disrespectful to pe- to people. You know, there's nothing of that nature. But I say some pretty seedy things. It's a pretty graphic show. Um, 
delivery is everything when you're doing a show like I do. And the reason I say this is because, as we all know, in corporate America and with the way technology is, social media is very crucial to what we're right. doing. Right. It can make or break you. Right. Um, and it can build your image as quick as it can tear you down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in corporate America and I'm very jabberjawed about the things that I say. I don't have a mouth guard, and it doesn't work for everybody. Um, it's probably almost gotten me fired from my day job a couple of times. Uh, I'm still concerned of why I'm still there. And I even asked my boss, why am I still here? Because I don't understand why you keep me. Like, you know, I understand I collect a lot of money, but this is almost ludicrous some days the way I see myself saying things. So don't just go out there and mold your show after me or say a bunch of ludicrous things if it's going to affect you on your day job. Um, Find a hobby that suits you well. Right. Um, Entertainment and broadcasting and radio has always been something that I've been in love with. And it's something that eventually I would like to transition to 100% full time. Wow. Um, My goal is – well, I'm going to be 40 uh, in a couple months. And oh yeah, you're just old. a young chick. Yeah, yes, just a young. Chick. <laughs> yeah, you're old. <laughs> I give I give myself five years to be in the radio aspect full time. Wow, um, good for you. And, yeah, and I should put that on your vision board, baby. Yeah, exactly. And I shouldn't say full time because I work two full time jobs now. I mean, the right. radio is full time for me. Right. But to omit the day job, um, so that I can focus on my passion and my love because right. I do love to go to the day job, but it is hard. It's hard to find a balance and. Um, it's hard to not speak about what I do right. in, in the day job because it's very sensitive to people. So, um, I bet. Well, it's a big part of your your day, right? So I, I have to say that, like, I go to the day job as Karen Karen Hubbard diet version, and I come to the station as Karen Hubbard regular. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to you have to learn uh, as you grow in life that everything we want to say we can't always say absolutely right we have to hold our tongues right um sometimes sometimes so you've been doing that for 3 years now today's your anniversary yeah. right today's my anniversary congratulations, congratulations. 3 years you. and then how did you evolve to station manager well i kind of just took a natural role over at raw radio x i think it's just always come natural to me to be honest with you i feel like i've always been a pretty boisterous woman, someone who can acknowledge everyone. I can group the masses of people together. I can make you listen. And you can get things done. Yes. Um, And I know that of myself. You're tough. I'm tough, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. You know, so I I even had um, the stage manager at the Dirty Show, we had a DJ that we needed a little bit more of a grouping up with um, on the first Saturday. And she said, I don't know what you said to her, but whatever it's, whatever you said, it worked. And I said, don't worry about it as long as she's doing her job. Yeah. You know, there's a way to uplift people and there's a way to motivate people. Right. Without beating them down. Um, so, you know, the way I see it is every day I get up, I want to be happy. I want to be focused. Um, my vision board, my children, uh, all three of their beautiful faces is the one thing that I look at and and I know every single day wholeheartedly that is my love. Yeah. That's like, why you're doing it all. I'm in love. Yeah. So like my That's feet awesome. hit the ground and let's just do it. Let's be happy. And we're all going to have poo-poo sandwiches sometimes. Okay. <laughs> like from the time we get up until the time we go you to mean, sleep. You like shit sandwiches? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to eat them. Just eat less that day. Okay. Or find yeah. another option. Don't, yeah. you know, and I don't always heed that advice and I can come in in a crabby mood. I can come in real hot. Um, but because I'm vocal, that'll come across as you're mad at me when I'm not really mad at anyone. I'm just loud. 
Um, I get that all the time. Shh, Denise. Yeah. It's like, but I'm passionate about this. Passion. Passion is huge. So that, you know, coming to, to be the station manager, there was things that I just kind of slid into the role naturally. Um, Tab Detroit. I was real good. I told you my my vision board's um, a spreadsheet. Yeah. So I'm going to take um, that that technical, that data. I'm going to work that data. I'm going to make that data fit. I'm going to make sure everyone's where they need to be. It just works for me naturally. Yeah. So and then next would kind of be like my we – did, we did a, a, a training at work and I was a doer. Uh, then oh. I was a thinker and then I was a friend and oh. it made sense yeah. in the order because you know what, the way yep. I see it is just do it. Okay. Right. If, you, if you fuck it up, we're yeah. not going to look back on it. We're going to figure out what we did and we're just going to do it again. Right. We're going to move forward and not do it that way, but we're going to do it this way. Right. Then we're going to take those results. We're going to put it all into a technical sheet There's and we're going to keep everyone on yeah. the same page. And oh, now you need something. All right, come on, come on, everyone, get I'll in here. Let me get yeah. you. The, yeah, we're That's all going to be the friends. No, it's no, really not, not at all. In my world, it's a perfect order. Yeah, because it can help me run forty three shows and do what Dave right. and Bob, uh, the owners of Podcast Detroit, need me to do. And right. and they don't lean on me enough. I think they lean on poor Jess over here more than they do me. They're, you're doing so a great job. Are, we, are there forty three shows? Yeah, I think there's something like how many we got? Forty what? Wow, uh, we're bringing yeah, two or three more? something because there are a few. Wow, you know, yeah. we need to do like an award that ceremony. Don't happen in the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great team, though, with you, Dave and Bob. I mean, because I think I mean we don't really know them that well, but you know we've met them a few times. And yeah, talk, we've, but par- we've partied with them. A few <laughs> <times>. <laughs> we partied with them. We, well, we don't you did. That. I had to be the DD oh, that yeah, night. Well, sorry, but I did. Yeah, we there were shots that night. Oh yeah, there were lots of shots. I was so jealous that night. I'll tell you what they they are two great guys. They're I mean, fantastic, they're just, and and I think you're a perfect yeah. fit. They are my role team. models. Yeah, the, and and here's what happened. Yeah. I went. I was at Raw Radio X before them, and I was engineering their show. Oh. And so this worked for about the first two weeks, and then once I realized they were IT nerds. <laughs> yeah, I know. When I heard that too, I thought they don't fit that description. Now, at I said, I'm out. Like I'm not sticking around on Monday nights. You can run your own show. I'm going to the casino. So we, but we ended up because we back, our shows backed up together. I was, you know, I was running their show for them. So I was kind of working in on their show and we just clicked again, how we talked, we clicked and yeah. instantly that's it. You're my people. Right. Um, I want everyone to know all about the land of my people, the Karen yeah. Hubbard people, because yeah. The way I see it is that everyone is useful to everyone as long right. as we can all appreciate, love, and respect each other. Right. Right. Um, so we had worked together through Raw Radio X, and then I didn't like the way some things were running. I wanted more professional environment, some things I wanted to see improve and accelerate. So I thought I'd get a wild idea and start it with another business partner. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm leaving. I can't handle the arguing anymore between some situations. I love you all. I don't want to leave on bad terms. I'm done. And I quit that day, drank a bottle of tequila, and never went back. Wow. <laughs> no joke. That's wow. exactly how so it happened. So when you make up your mind, you I'm that's done. it. There is no looking back in my life. Yeah, the, good for you. No. There is no there's no marriage counseling. There no. There there no. Good the, for you. We do it. Yep. Okay. No. Yeah, dear John letter, just get the you're hell done, out. You're done, you're done. Move on. That's it. Not a bad way to be. I can't. I you know what my heart is a big one, but once I've invested everything in it and then it's empty because we haven't worked together properly and and I'm very vocal. So I'll communicate with you every issue that we have. And and I'm not gonna be mean, but I'll say right. I feel like we have to do this or this or what is it you're lacking? Like I'm always trying to bring something to the table. There's always gonna be a communication or if I can improve, I will always admit where I'm wrong. 
that's important. Admit your faults. Um, oh, God, really? Do I have to? Yes, you do. <laughs> It'll make you feel better at the end of the day. So so I left Raw Radio X and was going to start iriseradio.com and then got shammed by – there was three of us and two – Two of us got shammed by the third business partner who also in turn stole money from a handful of our DJs. So I conglomerated my group of peeps, all of the DJs at iRise, and said, we're moving. And I'm so and sorry. And move we did. And move we did. And I said, I'm sorry that I even had to have this conversation with all of you. And I'm sorry that this situation happened and I never looked back. I said, I will pay all of these fees, whatever it is he stole. I will make it right. We will get you your time slots. We will do this. We will move forward and we will be the best that we can be. And I called Dave and, you know, like I said, he's he's an amazing friend to me even just outside of Radioland. And I said, Dave. And he said, come to the other side, my young one. I was waiting. <laughs> I could see Dave saying that too. <laughs> Holding a shot. And having we a drink did. for you. And wow. we did. And now – we are growing. We're going to have four uh, live stations, actually four live feeds on the station Amazing. here. We have great things coming in the next uh, five weeks. And so I will be super, vi- super busy. Uh, wow. I've cut my show back to an hour because of it right now to try and find my proper time slot and to afford a little bit more availability for all of the you other, guys. Yeah, okay. Well, other. Denise and I were volunteering to do host the ribbon cutting ceremony when the new. Okay. So Fantastic. when is that? When is the, when are the new studios opening up? Um, we're gonna say April, but don't mark my words on okay. that. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Perfect. Mail work. May. <laughs> so and, and so five years from now, we're, what will we see with Karen? Yeah. Where will Karen be? I think the book will be done. Yes. Oh, it better be. Yes. Yeah. Um. I think the book will be. I think From the book will be fat done. Fat to all that. Fat yeah. to all that. I yeah. love fat that. to all that. I think I, the book will be done. Um, I think I'll have sold a few more pieces of artwork right now. I've sold three. What so kind th- of painting yeah. do you do? Um, I do all kinds of mixed media art. So um, I love acrylic paint, but I also uh, the uh, I sold a piece um, that that I actually uh, titled "No Cheating," and um, it was a very emotional piece to me, and it started very straight and very aligned, very crisp clean lines. I did it on MDF board and acrylic paint and scrabble tile. So it was MDF wooden and paint. Um, and every, all 37 words on the board, um, had something to do with adultery. Oh, wow. wow. Where, where, how can people find your artwork? Where they do you can't. sell it? They don't. You oh. just have to talk to me. That's <laughs> okay. a great idea so you, though. A you scrabble can't. board oh. of words that had to do, give me three words. Debauchery. Wow, great Sinful word. liar. Wow. wow. But it was Scrabble, so all of the words connected on the board. But as it started, it was very clean, like the the words were very straight. And then as as I got to the bottom of the board, I started to disarray it a little bit and wow. like started to like make the actual puzzle crooked because as you start an affair, you think, I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm not going to hurt anyone's feelings. I can keep this clean. I can shove it under the rug. No one's going to know. And by the end of it, it's a fucking disaster. Wow. Love it. You could sell a lot That's, of those. Yeah. yeah. So so you don't make them to sell. Like they, so that was an original. An, that so was an original. You don't um, have an online store. I don't like have that. an online store. You could sell prints of that, Karen. I could sell prints yeah, of that. Really? I actually, um, I sold, I hung that one at When Visions Collide, uh, which is also coming up on um, April 30th at the Tangent Gallery. 
Um, I only have until this Saturday to submit pieces this year. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but um, I was in that art gallery last April and I hung that piece along with, um, I I love urban exploring. So I did a rendition of the city and I went into, oh, cool. yeah, I went into the um, Fisher Auto Body Plant, the white one right over there off Paquette and Harper. Mm-hmm. And I found this, I don't even know where, I, I know I was on floor four. Um, in the building. But when I went through all of my feed of my photography, there was one photo. And in that photo, the shattered glass in the plant was cut out exactly to fit the Fisher building and the um, the General Motors building, the Renaissance Center, and then part of the casino. Like the glass is cut like it was cut for those buildings. Wow. So I titled that from old to new because I'm standing in the old GM Fisher building looking How at the new cool. GM Fisher building. Wow. Uh, that one I mounted on metal. Um, so it's about a 16th of an inch thick. And um, I have a professional company that mounts them for me on the metal because I wanted it to have that Detroit vibe. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I also sold... Um, I sold uh, a, um, a cherry blossom tree that I had painted, uh, which this, this is why I want people to not be critical of themselves. I painted a cherry blossom tree, and it was next to an opening of a lake, so a beautiful blue lake and a really pretty orange sunset, mm-hmm. cherry blossom tree off to the left, and then some reeds just kind of flowing out on both sides of the painting. I hated it, and I threw it in the trash. Oh, my god! Threw it in the trash, and then I looked at the space that I had at the tangent to hang, um, and I needed one piece of art to fill, like, that exact dead space. And it was – I went home because I had to go there in the morning and hang all my art. Um, and that one piece was the exact piece I needed to fit in that space, and that was the first piece that I sold. Wow. No kidding. And I hated that piece. I was so critical. Wow. So um, I do everything. I learned pottery, jewelry making uh, as a child. Um, I had all kinds of art classes. Now, will you have photos um, in your book of uh, your I, art? I do have photos of my art. Okay. Um, I do. So I will send them to you if you want to see them. They're yeah. not always great photos because oh, yeah. I'm, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I've never thought I was good enough. For anything. Um, I've always viewed myself as um, a bit of mediocrity. Uh, and I don't know why. Because when you guys talk to me and I look back at some of the things that I'm giving you off of my own resume, I'm like, well, who the hell is this woman? Right. She's pretty damn cool. Like She's right. done a bunch of shit. I want to meet this lady. Right. She's talented. She's That's creative. what we said. Right. She's a fighter. She's yeah, courageous. Exactly. She's tough. But the yeah. real Karen Hubbard is... Just a little girl from Detroit fighting her way on a middle income with two kids and a decent man at home living. That's her why life. your story is and so doing amazing. a pretty good job because of that. that's you. Yep. You resemble, or you, um, you're like a lot of people, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? That's one of the things we love about doing this show. That when people do just what you said, when they, yeah. then they, when they share their story, they do think, wow. I am all that and more. Right. I mean, and not in a cocky, no. narcissistic way, no. in a way that we should all be applauded for what we do. Right. It's just, you know, we go through the motions and we think we don't just realize gonna, a right, lot of times all I mean, the accomplishments that, right. we, that we do have. Exactly. Wow. So, yeah. so it, it, it's a but great I, story. I think the pictures have to go in your book, too. I really do. Yeah. Don't you well, think? Just a, just it's absolutely. Part of, it's, yeah. it's, to I, me, I think we're all creative at our core. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things we don't realize. Absolutely. And to, to talk about that, what a, I love the idea of that, 
that scrabble board. Yeah. Yeah. And what that has, yeah. you know, about infidelity. Can you imagine? Right. It was a really hard piece to do. And um and I actually struggled with that piece in more than one way because uh, when I was try, I've had that vision of that piece um, since 2010 when I left my spouse, and um, you know, and and it was for him and for me. We were both ill, wow. and, you know, and we were both wrong, and you know, so we didn't deserve each other, um, you know. So it, it took me a long time to put that piece to fruition, um, and originally I had painted it as an actual Scrabble background, like the actual Scrabble board with the squares, you know, and I was just going to kind of flutter the words off of the board, and it didn't work. Um, I didn't like the way it looked. So I picked all the pieces off. And I mean, this was tedious. This is 37 words, and some of them were very long. Um, wow. So you're picking them off with an X-Acto knife and then redoing, you know, you repaint a background. So then I had it exactly the way I wanted it. And I hung it on the wall to finish the last bit of drying. And I woke up in the morning, and the tiles were so heavy that it completely – I didn't think about stretch canvas. I'm an artist and don't think past my canvas. Canvas <laughs> stretches – so I put all that weight on the canvas and all the Scrabble tiles pulled the canvas straight off the frame. So it was just like all my Scrabble tiles were just leaching and in a ball. Uh, still stuck to the canvas. I couldn't sell this piece. Damn it. Four and a half hours later, picking all the Scrabble tiles oh off. I'm like, gosh. okay, that's it. So at that point, I thought, well, you know what? I don't have time because this art gallery is in two days. I don't have time to get this piece done and I want this piece done. Um, so I took MDF board and I knew I wanted burgundy and black for some reason, those colors just really signify sin to me. So I took and I made the center of the board like glossy black. And then I did burgundy on the edge and then I just like blended in some black to like kind of pull it out, but just to really pop those letters off the board and so all you see from a di- – like if you're looking at it from a distance, what you would see is like a really cool geometric piece of art because wow. the board is nice and square and then you've got like a, a burgundy square and then you've got black and then you've got all these like tiles. So it looks really cool from far away and then you get up on it and you read it and your heart falls to your feet because you're like, whoa. Wow. All these vile words, these vulgar words and you wonder what is, what – what is being perceived through the through the artist's mind at that point as you're gluing right. each tile? And I'll tell you, each one of those tiles came with a tear every single time. Wow. wow. Yeah. Now, did you meet the person that bought it? I did meet the person that bought it. Um, and actually, uh, a friend of mine bought it, and he's a, he's a, a U.S. veteran. And um, he didn't have any words about the piece. And he instantly said, I must have that. He said, that is so powerful. That I can't even explain to you how powerful that piece is. Wow. He said, because anyone who's ever had that situation, which is most Americans, most humans have been cheated on or cheated or had some sort of infidelity in their life, whether it be a financial infidelity or some sort of mistrust, um, it can all be related. Right. So, but yeah, my, I bet you could wow. sell a lot of prints on that. Wow. Maybe. Seriously. I mean, it doesn't have to be the original. Right. All right. You know, well, counselor's listen. office. Okay. <laughs> we did go over. Today. Yes, we, did. we couldn't. And stop. actually, I yeah, I need to. Unfortunately, because I could. Well, hear here's it. what we're gonna do. Um, first of all, thank you again um, for being here, and thank you for your sharing your story. I'm sorry, we um, hogged up all this time. No, it no. was great. So I do have to tell you, we have our sip on this that um, Denise is normally in charge of. If you notice, she drank it all. <laughs> I drank all mine, too. It was good, delicious. Yeah. Well, I think we have a little bit left. But anyway, so we try and pick out a drink or something that we think represents our guest. And we picked out this wine that's hot to trot. 
Oh. And it's 14 hands because we just think you have your hands into everything. You're a busy person. So 14 yep. hands to you. Cheers to you. Thank you. And um, no, thank you for being on. You can send, fill her cup. We're, well, we're gonna you s- drank it all, Denise. So I did Pass not. it over there. I drank it too. Um, you guys have me day drinking real, on a Wednesday. I'm Karen, supposed to be collecting I, debts. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, next right. week, <laughs> next week we have Latasha Perry, who is a children's author, and she wrote a book called Here Like Mine. And we are going to also have a closing song. Every every week we pick a song that fits our guest that we think fits our guest. And a, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, you posted on on a Thursday that it was Smile Thursday because yes. um, smiles can change a day. Yeah. So there's a new release out by a local hip hop artist that we're all fans of, Red R E D. Yes. And he just released a song called Smile On, and it's like despite everything that's going on, just smile on. So I thought of you, Karen, and said let's let's hear that song. It's a great song. I heard it already, but can we play that? All right, and happy hump day, everybody. And yes. thank you again. Thanks K-Hub, again, Karen. The show is on Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, yes, 10 to Podcast 11. Detroit. Thank and you, you can so always much. go to SoundCloud and listen to the past shows as well. Exactly, so. exactly. Thank you, smile on. Cry, and thank you for showing my human side. Hey, smile on, guys. Red, R-E-D-D. I've been infected with the mind state that's so well I'm conflicted by my intellect. A pen in the pad is all I need to relieve this fucking stress that has brought me down to my knees, but I ain't breaking. I've seen what I need through all of the evil people I found in my journey on a quest for positivity. I share it. No time looking back in the past. I know that I gotta do something fast if I don't wanna see my future. Passing the aftermath, uh, I was put here to move like years. You know it's what I gotta do for me to fight fear. When I get it in the right gear, I can do anything I want when I'm right here. I take it all, make the call, I do this shit on my own time. My own mind controls my emotions when it's showtime. So sometimes all you need to do is vent. When you see there's nothing left, expect the worst, but hope for the best. So tell me, I never ride alone. I'm always keeping the thing that will always matter most. You never know this is raining until the fire's gone. Until then, I'ma shut it out and start alone. The thing that will always matter most You never know this is raining until the fire's gone Until then, I'ma shut it out and start alone Take a stand, your words need to be spoken This is coming from a man who lives in a house that's broken Living for these daily trends, these kids are forced to fit in Now it's like tradition, you ain't allowed to have an opinion All I ask is that you listen, it's hard to see my vision Predicting my position, now it's time to make a decision Do I run with it? Stay stagnant Run up in the game like a damn assassin Burn it down like I play with matches My squad so hot, it's like a room of dragons Say fuck the world, that's zero acting Call me captain, that's no caption Take over once the year's over, I'm a little wise and I speak bolder I said before and I'll say it again, but it might be a lot for you to comprehend. Life's short, but a little right. Hold what you love and defend. Been on the low for the longest time, but look who's on that uprise. Sat around for that perfect moment. I improvise in that meantime. Y'all be looking at me like, where the fuck did you come from? I've been around. I've seen some towns. I've been up north and I live down south. Never ride alone. I'm always keeping the thing that will always matter most. You never know this is raining until the fire's gone. Until then, I'ma shut it out and start alone. The thing that will always matter most You never know this is raining until the fire's gone Until then, I'ma shut it out and start Never ride alone, I want you to die alone You search your whole entire life for that place to call home That's why I ought to fight up all of my demons Cause I'm strong enough to do it I'm through with proving I'm wrong It's not a crime to be yourself But there's a price to pay to do it well I took that shot, and well, look where I'm at This a message to all of y'all looking back Don't you worry about the past when the memory turns to ash I never ride alone 
never ride along I'm always keeping the thing that will always matter most You never notice it's raining until the fire's gone Until then, I'ma shut it out and smile on Smile on Never ride along I'm always keeping the thing that will always matter most You never notice it's raining until the fire's gone Until then, I'ma shut it out and smile on This is a previously recorded episode